Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Be it unto you according to how you're believing. And there's a law that Jesus has placed on the earth. When Jesus speaks a word, the universe listens. Every angel pays attention. The word of God can never return to him void. Once he speaks it, he stays there and rules. The word of God will always rule. When, God's, when Jesus said, be it unto you according to how you're believing, that's a spiritual law that governs everything that happens in your life. Everything. It's a spiritual law. You go against it, it's like going against the law of gravity. Say it from your mouth, I don't believe them, you get killed. That's what this is. I mean, in that area, Satan will really rub it on you. Because you have opened the door. You open the door and let him in. Because you said it from your mouth, I don't believe that. Well, I, like I said on Sunday, yeah, I know that, but that but's always in the way for God to move in your life. Because you are looking at your own circumstances. You are looking at your resources. Not his resources, but your resources, your abilities, and what you can do, your wisdom, and that's all coming from the soulish realm, and God doesn't do business with that. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. God is wanting to do business with your spirit. Now, what's happening in this? Well, I stop, I need, I need to obey what's happening, I need to pray. And then go on. I get excited and I want to keep going. But I need to pray. Father God, I just ask that you speak to us tonight. Minister to our heart. And help us to understand. Give us that spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of you. That everyone that's hearing my voice tonight will be transformed. In their inner man. Me included. I want to know you more than anything else. The power of your spirit that's at work in us. In Jesus' name. There is a power right now that is at work in your life. The same power that created the stars. That created the universe. When you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, the word of God became life inside of you. And that's the word that created the stars. And everything. God and his word are one and the same. That's why Paul says, uh, Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even imagine. All you can ask or even Imagine, if you can imagine it, God said, I can top that. Every time you conjure it in your mind and you're thinking about how great things you want God to do, God says, is that all you can do? I can beat that. You haven't gone that far enough. Think it. Imagine it. Think it. I'll do better than that for you. And, and he says, it's according to the power that is at work inside of us. You don't need any other power. The power is already inside of you. And what releases that power is your understanding of the word of God and faith in your heart. And when that comes out of your mouth, God begins to do miracles. And the thing about God's miracles, they happen in, so, in such natural way. <laughs> Sometimes we miss it. You have to pull yourself back. And realize what he is doing. And then flow with it. He comes so quickly. When God does his things. Now our problem is. It's our soulish realm. Everything. That you believe. Came from what you gathered. From your five senses. Everything you believe. Came from what you gathered. From your five senses. Your smell. The hearing. Taste. If you've tasted that food, and, and somebody mentions, the, just say the name of that food, you can already smell it. 
Right? <laughs> That's the way it happens. They make just the name of the food. And you can, even if it's not around, you can, and your taste buds already responding. <laughs> That's the way life is. You can start thinking about something, or somebody says something, and all of a sudden, your mind goes of way back then. And, and for some people, they start reliving the situation. Right? And sometimes people cry just by hearing the word. Because it pulls so much power. The word, just the word that you heard, now goes all the way back. And just by hearing, things come alive. And if you choose to dwell on the negative things, guess what you get? Negative emotions. And what you believe, the right things that you believe, is what you desire. Jesus said to the woman, be it unto you according to your desire. What you have desired. That's what you're going to get. The woman with the issue of blood, as you have desired, so be it unto you. So your desire is born from that. The re- desires of a righteous man shall be granted. What are your desires? What do you want? You are already righteous before God. I can't be more righteous than you are and you cannot be more righteous than I am. Than I am. Because God gave you the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You can't beat that. Every one of us, when you receive Christ, you are justified. In the mind of God, that's as good as it gets. He can be better. The, what you, the principles you learn from the Word, that's what helps you to live out your righteousness so that you can enjoy the fruit of righteousness. You can read about that in Second Corinthians chapter 9. There is what is called the fruit of righteousness. But if you don't know the word, Satan prevents you from the fruit of righteousness. You already get everything that you need. He's there inside of you. The power is already there. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. It's just that you haven't tapped into it. You haven't studied the word of God and your, your beliefs. All of the stuff that you've gathered from your senses are still ruling you. You say, raise the dead. I think pastor has been talking about raising the dead too much. You think it's okay? Something is wrong with him. You know, he's talking about this. Is he thinking about raising the dead? Why is that? Because of everything you've gathered. With your five senses. And you're still allowing that part to rule your life. And God is saying... That which is spirit is spirit. And that which is flesh is flesh. Yes, you got. But God now wants to do business with you based on your born again spirit. So feed that spirit and begin to uh, believe the words of the Lord. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So when you use the word of God and you imbibe the word of God, you feed your own spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And as you feed, take the word of God that is spirit and that is life, you begin to give life to, and food to your own spirit, and your spirit begins to develop like Samson. Amen. And every time Satan comes to harass you, all you have to do is show him your spiritual muscles. And he says, hey... Can't we settle this matter some other way? Do we have to fight? That's what's going on. Because people are not believing the word the way they should. They hear the word. They say, that's nice. God's not wanting you to give just a mental assent to what he says, uh, spoken in his word. He wants you to believe and act on it. Because it's the doer of the word that is blessed. Not just the hearer. That's what the scripture says. Many Christians are not doing the word. They don't even believe the word. If you believe the word, you act on the word, you speak the word. I can place somebody based on what they are saying. They constantly focus 
on what's happening to them. Their prayer is focused on what's happening to them. They think they are praying, but what they are doing is really complaining and telling God all of this stuff that He's already known. When you pray, you are looking for answers, not the problem. Why tell God the problem? Tell Him what you want, the solution, and He'll give that to you. Don't pray the problem. That's not prayer. That's complaining. Pray the solution. Tell Him what you want. God, you see, I've got all these problems, but you know, I have read from your word. This is what it says. And that's what I'm expecting. That's what's happening in the church. Nobody's expecting anything to change. We're all looking at things in a natural way. And Paul was saying to the, uh, the, the Galatians Christians, you started in the spirit. Why do you want to finish the work in the flesh? Who had bewitched you? Who had bewitched you? You started by just believing the word. Now you want to accomplish things by mental abilities. That's what Paul is saying. He said you have been bewitched. You have been bewitched. You started well. Who hindered you? Because they turned from what they knew from what the miracles. Paul said the one who worked miracles among you. Did he do it by the law or by the hearing of faith? Obviously by the hearing of faith. And the one who helped you to receive the Holy Spirit. Did he do it by the law doing commandments? No. You heard it by faith. You acted on the word. Why are you trying to get stuff done now? You started well by just believing and you were healed. Delivered, saved, things dropped out of your life. Now you've forgotten all of that and you're using your mental abilities and your own strength. Who hindered you, Paul said? Who bewitched you so that you can't run the race the way you should? You're not looking to the, the ways of the world. You are conformed. When they are frightened, you are as frightened as they are. They are complaining. You, you are complaining. You can't even say, my God will deliver me. I'm not afraid of your fiery furnace. If you want to put me in there, I'm ready to go in there. But I'm telling you, my God's going to deliver me from your hand and from your fiery furnace. And when you speak those words, they recognize that these men have been with Jesus. Amen. That's what they said of Peter and, 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 and John and the rest of them. When they saw their boldness and they realized that they were ignorant men, meaning they, they were not schooled. And now they are, these ignorant men have written books that people are getting their PhD and DDDs and whatever they have. Ignorant men. You can't follow God and be ignorant. Amen. You just can't do it. You can't stay and walk by the word of God and remain ignorant. There's something from the world that's going to put strength into your person that makes you want to hold your head up high and, and take on the world. You take on the world. They can recognize there's something different in this person. They know God is at work in your life. Every one of you that I see tonight, I know God is at work in your life. You just haven't acknowledged it. And you're not working with it. Because the Bible says, how can two work together except they are in agreement? You've got to come into agreement with the Word of God. If the Word says that, that's who I am. I can't go down. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's never going to happen. I don't care what's happening with the U.S. economy. I don't care what's happening with the job situation. They didn't hire me. God gave me the job. You can't fire me. God gave me the job. Before you fire me, you'll be fired. Somebody's going to fire you if that's where God wants me. And if God allows you to fire me, thank you, Lord. He's got something better for me somewhere. And I'm going there. After he's fired, you go to his office and shake his hand. Thank you very much. He says, what did you say? You just helped me to my next promotion. And you never know. And is, is anything possible with God? You think he's fired you and you tell him, he says, are you not? You lost, you lost your mind? How can you say this firing? And he says, you have, you have this, it's gonna take, we're going to take care of you. Well, then you don't need that. 
God will take care of me. If he hears the next week that you have another job, guess what? He's going to church on Sunday. That's right. He'll be in church on Sunday. But we've dulled our Christianity. If we don't see these things, you know, as a boy, when I read the scriptures, especially Matthew, and you talk about Paul Yongicho, when he started reading Matthew, he started with the begats. Paul Yongicho is the pastor of the largest church in the world, has about 800,000 people in one church. But when he, he uh, just a school girl brought him to the Lord, and the girl gave him his Bible, and he started reading. And he saw uh, 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 Adam begat Seth, and Seth begat, and, and he says, Listen, lady, I'm not going to read this Bible. This is just a story of one man begotten another man. And, and, and I don't want to read it. I might as well read the telephone directory. <laughs> and the young girl said to him, Sir, you may not understand these names now. It may mean nothing to you. But keep reading. After a while, these names will mean a lot to you. And encourage he picked the telephone directory, excuse me. <laughs> he started reading. And then I said, as he read, he began to see, he was sick, he had tuberculosis. He started seeing this man. He was a Buddhist. He started seeing this man, Jesus. One miracle after another. One miracle after another. Walking on water. Turning water into wine. And he started thinking, man. If I could get to this Jesus, I think I, I might be okay with this tuberculosis problem because they're giving him to die. And he was getting ready to die. And the girl, he started with uh, Genesis. The girl said, you're so weak, sir. If you start with Genesis, uh, before you get to Revelation, you'll be gone. So start with the New Testament. But as he read, something got, this man, Jesus, stood out to him. And he started thinking, I think this Jesus can heal me. But, but, but how do I get him? As he read, he began to realize all I had to do is just call, call on him. That's how he got healed. And look at what God has done with his life today. When you read the New Testament, you see power. You see the Holy Spirit at work. You see all kinds of miracles taking place. People's lives change. Joy in the whole city. People come in, bring in the sick from everywhere. And then you wonder, what's going on? What's happening to us? We have all these gadgets, cell phones, iPhones, and all of that stuff. And now we're depending on, we, we have more in, 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 natu- in the natural, but we have so little spiritually. Because we're depending on all of these other things. And the church is getting more and more powerless. Christians are so afraid. Depressed, all kinds of things happening in the church. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus in my life? Why should I be afraid of anything? There's just death, right? I'm ready to go home, if that's the case. I got a better place, if that's the case. But I'm not ready to go, so no one is going to take me out. I've got to finish my work. But I'm not afraid of anything in Jesus' name. As long as I have Jesus in my life, There's no need to be afraid of anything. Not afraid of anything about my children. Not afraid of anything about my wife. Nothing. Jesus is alive. He went to the cross. He died. He was buried. He rose this day. He is alive. I'm able to speak in supernatural tongue, which convinces me that he's alive. What can you do to me, devil? You can't do anything. You die trying. Keep trying. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. I'm not going to be running from place to place. I've got Jesus with me. When I go to sleep, he's right there in my room. If any devil shows up, when he gives him the one good whack, that demon knows what's happened to him. It's nothing to be afraid. A thousand will fall on your side, at your side. Ten thousand, your right hand. And God said, he shall not come near you. God said, I will not allow you to suffer disgrace. I will not bring shame upon your life. What should I be afraid of? I'm not going to depend on my ability. I've got to depend on Him. And if God is alive, He'll take care of me. No matter what's happening in the United States. 
No matter what's happening in my life, God's bigger than what's happening in my life. God's bigger than what's happening in the United States. God's bigger than what's happening in your life. He's bigger than the United States. He's bigger than the world. He can take care of you. He's taking care of the universe before you got here. Little you, he can take care of you. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. If we trust him. There's a song that says, trust and obey. Many of you remember that song. Trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy. You remember that song? I'm getting from my Baptist days. Amen. <laughs> now I'm on Bapticostal, you know. <laughs> trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. Trusting, that's one thing. Obedience means acting on his word. Just act on what he said. Carry yourself, raise your head up. And don't be afraid of anything. Because Jesus is in your life. That's what this whole thing is all about. Just coming and singing praises to God. That's one thing. Why should I sing praise to God and not get goodness in my life? Where is the scripture that says, Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of my life. I've been coming to his house every Sunday to give him praise and to worship him. And I've got no goodness, no mercy to follow me everywhere I go. God is not a liar. We are not, just, we are not acknowledging it. They got no reason to be afraid. Many times the enemy has ways to bring things into your mind. And usually he has all these crazy imaginations of what, based on what's happening to you, okay? You know your situation. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have a good education. The pastor is just talking. Where are you going to get this rich? <laughs> he speaks to us that way and gives us hopelessness. But the Word of God says, hope in God. Just hope in God because God can take care of you. He took care of everything. That was standing his way of taking care of us when he put his son on the cross. Because sin was what was stopping him from getting to us. Jesus said on the cross, It is finished. He finished the job. From A to Z, from the day you were born until you died. And you say, How is that? God, does, God lives in one single day. Amen? God doesn't have day and night. God doesn't have tomorrow I'm going to go out and exercise myself. I need some exercise. He has just one day. From A to Z, He took care of all of that. He says, walk out your own salvation. Why? Because you already get it. You have your salvation. Now use the principles in the Word and walk this thing out. And when it's all over, it will be good for you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's Joshua 1 verse 8. He says to meditate, in other words, just mutter it to yourself constantly. When you're going through want, you keep telling yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. That's never going to happen to me. Want is a curse word in my house. Amen. Because that's what the word says. He can be a part of it. You see, what did you say? Who, who mentioned the word want? Where did you get that word from? That's forbidden in this home. Amen? We're never going to have that. You say, well, how is that possible? Be it unto you according to how you're believing. If you look to your own resources, you'll find you don't have much. It'll be the same with me. But I have to talk. Many times, it's the best thing is not to talk to anybody. Because if you talk to people, sometimes they discourage you. They give you words to discourage you. 
You're trying to build. In fact, I had a Sunday school class where I, I actually told the guy, I said, look, you, I know you're very smart. I know you're highly educated. But I'm trying to believe these things, and you're making it very hard for me. I told him right in his face in the classroom. That was how stubborn I was. I was ready to just take him and his chair and throw him out because of what he was saying. Because everything he said was good, and then he'll come up with this butt stuff. And I kept telling him, you need to quit speaking now. I don't like it one bit. You're making it very hard for me. I was young in college. I didn't have any kind of diplomacy, you know. I used to just let him have it. But I believe God honored that. And the man was a good man. He realized. He says, yes, good luck, I know. Maybe because you're young, you haven't gone through a lot. <laughs> it don't matter. The word is the word. Amen? I don't have to be old to go through whatever he was going through. I stay with the word. And the word will carry you. You know, if you read in Hebrews chapter 1, he tells us there that everything that you see, God is holding in place by the word of his power. And I'm thinking, you'll never hear that the sun is about to crash into the earth. God is keeping it in his place. How many years has gone by? And I'm thinking, this wonderful God, many times you just go out and look into the sky just to encourage myself. Because those things give glory to God. You know the Bible talks about that? They praise God. And as I look into the sky and watch these creatures, these things that God has created, giving Him praise, I'm encouraged. I'm thinking, if God can put that up there, He can take care of little me. What's, what's the matter with this? He take care of me. I don't know about you, but I do know for me and my family, we will have it good. Here, I, that's settled in my mind. The circumstances can come and go, but He's going to be good. And I want you to believe that from the Word of God. He's going to be good. I am not afraid of nothing. I don't lose sleep, put my head down, I'm, I'm gone. If Satan wants to kill me, if God allows it, <laughs> he just did me a favor. I wind up in the better side. I'm going to make sure that I don't ask Samson what happened with his life, okay? <laughs> Samson just said, I don't want to hear that story here. We are in a better place. But God wants to minister to his people. God, you know the word minister? What it means? Minister means to serve. And God wants to minister to his people. You know what? God serving you, that's you serving. That's incredible. And that's why I believe in Exodus, I believe chapter 23, beginning from 25, it says, So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will take sickness away from the midst of you. First, he said, he will bless your bread and your water. That's your life here. Your home life. So, you serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. He will take sickness away from the midst of you. Nothing shall be barren or cast their young. God says, the number of your days... He will fulfill. I've often said this here. That's settled for me. There is no crazy cancer that's going to come into this body. And in my prayer time, I tell the but I do it all the time. Cancer can't come into this body. This is out of bounds for cancer. Amen. I don't have to wait until I have it to start firing up fast prayers to the Lord. I need to do it right now. When I take the communion I, I, in the morning here, I declare before the Lord, this is not part of my life. That's not what Jesus died for. That's not the covenant I have with God. Why should I have something like that? This is the temple of God. Amen? I'm not having stuff like that. The number of my days, God will fulfill. 
I don't have to be afraid of the accident on the highway. Well, somebody is drunk. If he's drunk, he finds somewhere else to go. Not towards me. But the truth is, when people say, why do you say things like this? It's very clear. The Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. It says, we also have the same spirit of faith. Now, let me turn. Um, I believe that's Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 13, maybe. Second Corinthians 4, 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written. Now, notice what it says. We have, what do we have? The same spirit of faith that was in Elijah. Right? The same spirit of faith that was in David when he killed Goliath. We have the same spirit of faith that was in Joshua. No different. Faith is a spirit. And if we have that same spirit, it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, in other words, this is a principle, this is a law that God has written way back then. According to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we therefore speak. So I can say those things by faith. If you can't say it, you don't believe it. When you believe it, you don't have anything happening in the natural. But I'll tell you what, that's the same principle that goes in uh, Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's the same principle. When you begin to speak the word from your mouth, life and death are in the power of the tongue. When you believe the word and you begin to declare that you will never know want another day because Jesus is in your life, God says, that's it for that man. That's it for that woman. Because you are not looking at your own circumstances or your own resources. It's one thing to have a good job and say that. It's another thing which is bigger in the mind of God to be at the bottom and you're speaking it. Jesus said it's better to, to, to believe without seeing than to see and to believe. You got a good job so you can say it. Well, the trouble is Christians depend on that until it's pulled up from the underneath them and then they're broken because they have nowhere else to go. It's better for you to say it when you are right there. At the bottom. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And notice he didn't add money. It's not just about money. I shall not be in want of peace. I shall not be in want of health. I shall not be in want of anything that's good. That's what he said. If God was talking just about finances, he would say, Thou shall not want finances. He didn't say that. That means every area of your life is complete. Now I said on Sunday God wants you to be complete in Him. Complete. Every area of your life complete. You are a whole man, spirit, soul, and body. That's His will. People want to know God's will. That's God's will. He wants you to be complete. Are we going to have troubles? Oh yes. Are we going to fail? Yes. Have I failed? Many times. But Jesus is there. Amen. He's always there. He loves me. He paid the price for me. Things are going to be better. I look forward to seeing him one day. I, I, you know, I have work to do, but I'm looking forward. These days I think about the day that I'm going to see him. But I also acknowledge I got a lot of work to do. It's not over yet. I need a lot of years. But every year I will be treasuring the fact that one day, one day I'm going to see him. And I want to see him in peace. 
I don't want to be there and then find out that, son, I had this for you. But you didn't even go there. <laughs> I just don't want that. I just want to get there and, and know that I finished everything he called me to do. He wants the same thing for you tonight. Amen? You need to stand in faith and in God. I didn't get to my sermon. <coughs> the keys of biblical prosperity. I'm going to start with this because I'm going to go back next week. The Bible tells us real clear in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. If there is a curse of the law, there's got to be the blessing of the law as well. Right? It's got to be too. You can't have curse without blessing. There is curse of the law and there is blessing of the law. Curse of the law and then the blessings of the law. God just didn't have in the law curses. Is that how you read the law? Everything is cursed? No. There is blessings contained in the law. And then there is the curse. But then Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That bad part of the law, Christ redeemed us from that. He freed us from that. So I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, rejoice with me. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I don't have any curse upon my life anymore, according to the scriptures. I am redeemed from the curse. He's something to rejoice about. I don't have any curse upon my life. I have been de- delivered from every single curse, otherwise that word doesn't mean anything. I have been delivered from the curse of the law. Whatever I was cursed in the law, I'm free from it. There's something to celebrate. So rejoice with me. And I'm going to rejoice with you because God has freed you from the curse of the law. You have no curse upon your life. If the word means anything, you got no curse upon your life. The curse of the law has been taken away from your life. So one brother says to the other brother, rejoice with me. I am free from the curse of the law. And the brother turns around and says, I'm free. We're free from the curse of the law. And they're all rejoicing. And and the guy turns around and says, yeah, I'm free from the curse of the law. But what's the curse of the law? (laughs) What's the curse we're rejoicing about? Have you seen that happen? People are rejoicing. What's the matter? What's the curse of the law? How can we discover what this is? It's, that's what's happening in the church. They hear something. You understand what I'm saying? And they think they believe it. They tell you our church believes in healing. But they have no knowledge of the scriptures on healing. They don't know what it is. They just go by the, what the church says. And so Satan, who knows that they are ignorant... My people perish for lack of knowledge. It begins to whack them right and left. And they keep saying, I believe, my church believes in healing. But they have been whacked. And so we say, we believe in healing. What's going on? Because they know about the curse of the law, but they have not taken time to find out what that is so that they can declare based on the word of faith that that's no longer part of my life. I'm not going to accept it because from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones, what, they take it by force. You get nothing to fight. You don't have knowledge. That's why the enemy is after you. Because he knows you are ignorant. What's the curse of the law? I need to know what that is so that I can stand my ground and say to Satan, no. All this stuff saying, Satan, please, 
Leave me alone. Satan said, what did you say? What's the meaning of that? <laughs> Leave me alone, please. There's no vocabulary like that in our language. There's nothing like that. What do you mean, leave me alone? He's not going to leave you alone. The only language he understands is stop. When you tell him stop, and he knows that you know that he needs to stop, that gets his attention. That's why the Bible says resist the devil, and what? He'll flee, I mean, in terror from you. But if you have no knowledge, you'll keep telling him, please leave me alone. He says, what, what, what did you say? What's the meaning of that? Please leave me alone. I have been assigned to bring torment to you, okay? And you're telling me, please? That's not in our language. So we need to know what? We need to know what the curse of the law is. What's the law? What is the law? Where do we find the curse of the law? So that I can determine what those are based on God's word. And stand on the word because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. If you don't know the word, you can't have faith. In every area of your life where you are ignorant, you can't have faith. All you're saying is repeating what others are saying. Parrots, parrots repeat words. Doesn't mean they are humans. All you're doing is repeating what others are saying. And Satan knows you have no, you don't have any wisdom. He knows to whack you and put you in the corner. He's got you now. But when you know the word, you can stand your ground. I need to know what that is. What's the curse of the law? What's the blessings of Abraham? So I know what the Bible is saying. So that I can approach God's throne, according to Isaiah, and come with my strong arguments. That's what God says. He says, bring your strong arguments. He said, present your case. So I can present my case before the Father as the accuser of the brethren is standing and saying, I'm going to put this on him and say, God, you know, Jesus is my lawyer and my lawyer has informed me that uh, in his word that this thing that this guy is trying to put, this creep is trying to put on me, it can be. And the Father says, yes. Amen. You're free. And I don't have to. You know, the Bible talks, said about the fact that God created everything and gave Adam to have power over everything and every creeping thing. You remember that? Uh, Satan is one of those creeping things. You got authority over him. But if you don't know it, that's going to affect your life. You need to know what it is. What's the law? Now, in John chapter 1, verse 17 the Bible says the law was given, the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. So if I want to find the curse of the law, I go to the books of Moses. Right? It's got to be there. He can be nowhere. He's got to be there. I have to be able to find the curse of the law from the books of Moses. So I'm diligent. I go to the book of Moses and find out where those curses are. And not just to know them, but to let the devil know that I know you can't put that stuff on me anymore. I got the truth. I know I'm redeemed from it. Not just rejoicing, I'm free, I'm free, until you are clubbed. We can do that. We got to find out what the word says. You got to go to the books of Moses. Notice what it says. Grace and truth. Grace means Jesus delivered you. Now a curse, the curse is the penalty for breaking the law. Okay? That's the curse. The penalty for breaking the law is the curse. So when the Bible talks about the curse of the law, that's really the penalty for breaking the law. Where the grace of God, through the death of Jesus Christ, has delivered us totally from the penalty of breaking God's law. We're free. But truth, that's another part. Because you need to know the truth. Jesus didn't say, and you shall know me, that Jesus 
and, 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 and you shall be free. Is that what he said? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... But he is the truth, because he is the word of God. He frees you. So you got to find out the truth. You got to know the truth about the law. You got to know the truth about the curse. You get to know the truth about what caused this. If this is the curse, Jesus is taking it away from me. You meditate in it. You speak of it. You mutter it to yourself. You speak it. You don't allow it to get out of your mouth. When the doctor says you're going to die, you, got, you tell him the word of God says, I'm going to live. The number of your days I will fulfill. And he said, doctor says, you got six months. You say, next year, at this time, I'll come and shake your hand, doctor. He says, you lost your mind. I'm telling you, my experience tells me. I know your experience. You are a very good doctor, believe me. I know you are the best. But next year, this time, I'm coming to shake your hand. He said, that man, his religion has gotten into his head. He's made him nuts. He's crazy. But when you show up the following year in his office, he go to church on Sunday. That's the truth. He go to church on Sunday. You get to find out what the book... You see, we don't want anything. We're treating God like this the way we treat McDonald's. <laughs> you order and it comes out immediately. But you got to stay with it. You got to study. You got to stay with the word. That's what Jesus said about Mary. And Master, you remember that? We're so busy with other things. We're not taking time. To spend with the word of God. To know the truth. To know that what you are free from. Because one act of God, spiritually, can make the ten years that you have to live a beautiful one. Heaven and earth. Just one act of God in your life, in just a moment of time, can make the next ten years heaven and earth. That's why Paul says it's not of the one who runs. It's not how fast you can run. It's not by strength. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of God. And God is willing. If there's anything that you must go with, always know that God is willing. If there's anybody, if there's a problem, you are in the way. You haven't done your homework. And we need to do our homework and find out what this is. Not just rejoicing, brother, I'm free from the, the curse of the law. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. The guy is asking, yeah, I'm free. I agree with it. But, but, but what's the curse of the law? I got to know what that is. We got to study it. But again, I said, if there's a curse of the law in the Old Testament, there's also the blessing of the law. I got to find what that is as well. And the blessing of the law is what the Bible calls in Galatians, the blessings of Abraham. I got to know what that is. He can't, the way God does his things, he just doesn't come upon you automatically. Otherwise, the whole world would be saved by now. The whole world would be saved. Because Jesus died for what? The sins of the world. But why is the world not saved? They, have, they don't know about it. It's our preaching and our telling them that locks them into it so that they can know and they receive. It's the light of the word of God. That's our responsibility. That's giving them the truth so that they can be free. That's our responsibility. I pray that everyone in this place, they make up your mind. I'm going to discover what the curse of the law is. And when I discover it, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to stand on God's word and I'm going to let heaven and earth know. I'm going to let the angels know. I'm going to let my father know. I'm going to let Jesus know. The Holy Spirit know. The devils and the angels, they will all know. I'm not going with for the law, for the curse. Only the blessings of Abraham. Because Jesus redeemed me from that. I got to know. I got to know what it is. I'm not going to be agreeing with Christians. God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But I have not known knowledge of what that is. So I know to be free. And I need to know what the blessing is. So I know to enjoy that and expect that. Because if you don't expect, you're not going to receive anything. You got to expect it. Amen? I've spoken enough tonight. But I'm excited about what I'm sharing. And I'm believing that God's going to do it for the Ark Fellowship. Can I hear an amen? God's going to bless every one of you. His word never returns to him void. As you believe with me, God's going to take us to a newer level. I said on Sunday, I hear the sound of a mighty rain upon the Ark Fellowship. 
You watch. Because God watches over His Word to perform it. So God's going to do great, great things in your life. There's no, time, there's no need to hang your head down. Lift up your head. Amen? Because good things are coming your way. Stand up with me tonight. Let's put religion aside. Amen? <laughs> That's too old now. We need to see God at work in our lives. Amen? We need to see signs and wonders. I pray for that all the time. I want to see it. God, show me. Because Jesus is the master of signs and wonders and can change your situation even tonight. Put the old behind you. Begin to look for a new day. Is it possible with God? Yes. That's where testimonies are born from. What it was and what God is doing now in my life. They hear it and they agree and they turn to God. And he wants to do that for every one of you here. Keep that hope alive in you that God loves you. You're special to him. There's nothing that you've done that has made him to turn his eyes away from you. He wants to deal with you. He wants to give you that peace and confidence in life. That's, what he, that's how he created us. And when that's happening in us, he is pleased. God is a person. He has emotions as well. He hurts when we're hurting. We need to recognize that. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight. And tell yourself, I'm going to discover what the curse is. The curse of the law. I'll discover it. And I'm going to stand my ground. In the name of Jesus, that every part of that curse, none of it will come upon my life. I will not embrace it. I will not receive it. It will be totally out of my life. And only the blessings of Abraham will be my portion. Father, thank you. I know that you are watching over your word to perform it, God, tonight. I know that. I know that. I know that the words that we speak from the scriptures, they are spirit and they are life. I want to see the life in your people, in my life, my family, these people, your people, their family. I've got to see it, oh God, because you cannot lie. It is impossible for you to lie. Your word cannot return to you void. So I can expect it. I can expect goodness and mercy upon your people. I can expect your love, your peace, the contentment, the abundance because you came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Touch your people tonight. Let their dreams and their imaginations of their heart, let them be beautiful before you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.